This is Blue Collar Culture, where you don't need ping pong tables, a cereal bar, or nap pots to attract and retain real A players. Join us where we speak with down-to-earth leaders that understand what it takes to win with a blue collar culture. Now here are your hosts, Jeremy McLiver and Ryan England. Welcome back to another episode of the Blue Collar Culture Podcast. I'm your co-host, Ryan England, and I am here today with Jeremy McLiver. We are so excited about today's guest because as many of you know, hiring good people in construction is a challenge. It has been for a while and it's only seeming to get harder. But our guest today has a little secret for you. In fact, she's been in construction for most of her professional career. Estimating, safety, HR, IT, she has done it all. And she's really got this internal purpose and passion to not only improve, but to support and guide other women in the construction industry to do the same. She is the national president of the National Association of Women in Construction. And she really wants to get the word out on how to double your ability to hire by attracting and recruiting women into construction. I want to welcome my guest today, Ann Flager. What's the biggest myth about the construction industry? I think the biggest myth is that women are not welcome in the construction industry. And that more than ever now is incorrect because I said earlier about being about 10%. People still call it a male-dominated industry. It's not. It's male-populated. Mm. We are making women are making a difference in the industry. So why do you think that myth exists still? I think it's because as women and even men are coming up in the construction industry, they aren't seeing the women and what they're doing. So what we're trying to do is become more in the forefront so that you can see us. And when people see women working in these roles, then they will see that, yes, we are indeed welcome to work in construction with everybody else. One of the questions I, I'd love to get answered. So a lot of the work I do in the construction industry is helping fill frontline positions, find craft workers, find the laborers. And every time we got to fill out an EEO report, there's always the questions like, why aren't more women applying? And as much as I wish I had a real answer for that, like, what do you think's going on? Like, well, what I think is going on is that women will not apply for a position unless they meet 100% the criteria in that position, whereas men are 60, 65%. So what's happening is women may see a position, but I'm not completely qualified, so I'm not going to apply. So what we need to do to help correct that is reaching out to associations like NAWIC and other women in the community just to try and get somebody's resume and then set up a conversation with them. Because I think women really shine when they're in the interview. They can really show a potential employer what their capabilities are. Absolutely. And I think too, women bring a different perspective to the workplace. And for a lot of employers, that new perspective can really be a breath of fresh air because it's just different and it's things that they've never thought about. And I've seen, I have one client, they got 130 people in the field and one woman, and she's on pace to be their next superintendent. Like she just approaches the problems differently. And is, you know, I think one of the myths I hear a lot about is, oh, you know, the men don't want to report to a woman, but there's just something about, I mean, at least watching her go through what she's going through. I mean, the men are like, yeah, I'll follow her. <laughs> because she makes it easier. We get done faster. The boss isn't breathing down our neck. Like there's just so many differences that come with having her in that position. So, yeah, that's a great point. Because again, as I mentioned earlier, 
seeing women actually doing that. So the men are seeing how she is moving up to become a superintendent. And what we also all need to remember is that when a person is put in a position, they're put there for a reason, for their knowledge, for their expertise. But we are all also human and continuing to learn throughout our entire lives. So when we ask questions, it's not because we don't have the knowledge or the expertise, it's because we're trying to learn and be more productive and make it a better project or you know help out on the team, whatever that may be in the situation. Sure. So I imagine that you talk to a lot of business owners about women in construction and their recruiting efforts and everything else. Big picture, not just recruiting, but what do you think is holding most business owners back right now? Construction has a lot of challenges that they're dealing with. What do you think is the number one thing holding them back? They're not having the conversations with their employees and especially the female employees. I'm sure that everybody has heard that, you know, it's got to come from the top down. Well, that's very true, but the top also needs to be following up and making sure that whatever policies or opportunities that they're giving is across the board for everybody. But it's important for employees, and it's not just women or men, that they're being heard. So the owners just need to take that extra time and really listen to what their employees are saying. Yeah, that's one of the things that I think has been really different from the work that I do in the construction areas. A lot of times, we'll come in and we'll start talking about the labor shortage. You know nothing about, right? You've never heard that. The construction industry has had a labor shortage for a hundred years. Like it's never gone away. And, you know, I hear so many people complain about the lack of good te- people, that this is nothing but bad people out there and all this other stuff. And one of the different approaches that we take is we say, Hey, you know, these are human beings with personal dreams and personal goals. They're not a cog in a machine. And it's amazing what a conversation can do about what's happening in their world versus thinking about them. No, they're a pair of hands. And when those hands don't work, I go get another pair of hands. And I think a lot of times owners, they get so distanced from the field, they forget that. Yes, that's a very good example. So I, I love that. So what is NAWIC doing to really help business owners change that and make take a different approach towards the way they communicate with people and bringing awareness to women in the industry and those kinds of things? Well, we've actually just recently, it's been a, a goal on our strategic plan for a while, but we now have a standing committee, uh, diversity, equity, inclusion standing committee in the association. And one of the things that that committee is working on is information for employers to be able to rec- recruit and retain female employees so that we can then share that with the companies. And also many of our members are really want to talk to the owners. So we can attend, like you have conferences, you know, business owner conferences, having NAWIC members come and talk at those conferences, I think also helps because then they're hearing from the women that are working in either in the field, or maybe they're on the administrative side or a project, even a project manager and engineer, you're hearing from them, the, the people that are actually putting the projects together for the owners. Boots on the ground, frontline, like they know what it's like. They're having that. Wow. That's great. So these business owners are struggling because they're not on the front lines. NAWIC's really saying, hey, let's bring people from the front lines, have those conversations, open up the dialogue. What are two actions that owners can do? Things that they can do to help them break through that? Well, as I mentioned earlier, just having conversations one-on-one with their employees, especially their female employees. My boss, you know, every day he'll come down, usually in the morning with his cup of coffee and 
ask how I'm doing, what I'm working on. Is there anything I need help with? Do I have any ideas? That's the other great thing. Have them ask, do you have any ideas? Because I tell you, just as you mentioned earlier about how women have a different perspective, they have a lot of great ideas that could help a company grow. And that's something that NAWIC supports. Uh, we just launched our new tagline this year, leading builders, building leaders. So we're helping our members to be able to be supportive and grow their companies that they work for. It's fantastic. So I heard you say that bringing women into the conversation and all is partly how they can do this. So we've got a construction company, 50 men in the field, no women. It's hard to do that if you don't have any women on the team. What can companies do or what do you see working for some of your members to attract women into construction, to bring them into the industry? Well, we have a lot of different initiatives that we are working on to educate women about the construction industry and how it is a viable career. Starting as early as grade school, we have programs to really get them interested in construction. And it's been interesting because just in the last few years, guidance counselors, high school guidance counselors are allowing us to come in and talk about construction. So again, it's, it's finding all the niches where females and young women are to encourage them to look at the construction industry. In addition, I would suggest that owners reach out to the local NAWIC chapters to come and talk to those 50 men that are working in the field so that maybe they can understand a little bit more and get to know what work women do in the construction industry and how we can be part of the, the team. I think that will encourage women to want to come and apply to companies. So one of the arguments that I could see coming up is, I get it, we want women in the industry, but they just want the office jobs. They just want to work behind the computer. Help me break that one down because I've heard that said before. Yeah. And that's women have been in the past, you know, more in the supposed to be in the administrative part of the careers, but that really is not how women are now. We want to get our hands dirty. You know, I personally, my main full-time job is in the office, but I actually help my work do some work for a small residential commercial renovation company. And I actually get my hands dirty and more women are wanting to do that because especially with our size, women make good electricians because there's a lot of times when you have to get into small spaces. And also we're more towards tendency of not being colorblind, which is very important when you're an electrician. So we have programs set up to encourage girls to work with their hands. We have camps called Camp Nawick. It's a week long where junior high girls get together. They learn about construction. They actually, you know, they'll do uh, masonry. They'll do plumbing. They'll do electrical. They'll work in, uh, actually in equipment. That's another uh, great field that women really enjoy is equipment operators. I see a lot of when you're working out on the roads, I bet if you watch, you'll see there's, there, you'll see women working in those fields as well. Yeah, no, I, I'm starting to see more and more women get into the fields. They're usually more in the supervisory positions, but how do we get them into these skilled laborers? I mean, you said electricians. So if I'm an electrical contractor, I'm sitting here thinking, I think I had to go to four years of school. Like, <laughs> you know, that's a long time to invest in that. I mean, what are some things that we can do to help solve some of the issues that contractors are, are feeling now? Well, with the four years of training, if you're working in an apprenticeship program, you're usually working and going to school. So you are getting paid, you know, as a, as an apprentice, which most times when you're going to college, you have to pay to go to college. You're, you're probably not employed. So that is something that's very different about the construction industry is that yes, you are going through training, but 
you're also working on the job and getting hands-on experience and being paid for the work that you're doing. So I think it's really educating the schools. Uh, we're seeing more, like I mentioned earlier, more panel discussions. They're asking us to come in and talk to their students to encourage them to get into these fields. Unfortunately, until we get regularly into the schools, which we are doing, there is going to be a little bit of a gap before we, I think we're going to see a huge push of women in the industry in the next five to seven years, Mm. because we have been working so hard with getting, reaching out to those girls that are in junior high, high school. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I was working with someone a few years ago, plumbing contractor, and they really wanted to bring women to the industry as women-owned, third-generation plumbing contractor. So I mean, it was in the roots of the family. And they started this competition. It was an annual competition where they would go to the high schools and they would bring the girls in and they would do a plumbing competition, you know, where they're sweating pipe or installing a toilet. And it was just a fun thing to bring awareness to them. But we found that a lot of the girls just weren't interested. So how do we make these kind of these industries more interesting for them? I mean, I see, I hear you say, bring women into the workforce and it can really help change your culture. It can make recruiting easier. It can fix a lot of these things. How do we do it? How do we really get down to it? I get awareness and education, but what have you seen work? Women seeing women. So the young girls seeing those of us working in the construction on the field, promoting that wherever we can, showing them that, you know, you could do this too letting them know about the pay availability. I mean, there are a lot of single moms out there and they can make enough money to, to support their family just, just by themselves. So that's why I said it's going to be probably five to seven years before we really start to increase from the work that we're doing because we are seeing women working in the industry. So it's like a, a trickle down. So it just we got to get through those years to get the, those girls graduated from high school to, to do that. But we also need to continue to educate them that once we give them a taste of it, keep that in the forefront with them so that then when they get to the graduation stage, they're ready to do it. Because I'm sure that everybody knows, you know, women are known for changing their minds. And if you keep that construction right there, that encourages them to to get into the field when they graduate. Well, I think that goes with anything. You got to keep your people engaged. And uh, a lot of times that comes from the human connection element, for sure. One thing I also want to echo what you said was, Yes, we can train people up through an apprenticeship program. I can't tell you how many times I talk to people. They're like, oh yeah, we have an apprenticeship program. And it's like, we send them out with this guy over here for a week and they learn the, the ropes and then we turn them loose. I'm like, no, no, that's not an apprenticeship program. So if you don't have one, find out how to get your apprenticeship program accredited and, and make it a real thing so that these people actually get the skills they need for sure. Yes, exactly. That kind of goes to what I was saying earlier about follow through. I mean, you can have any kind of program in writing, but unless you enact it and stand by it and continue it, you won't get what you need out at the end of it. If you're just taking shortcuts or um, not taking the time to really educate the new people about their jobs. So if you had one piece of advice for our listeners said, hey, if you want to get more women involved in your, in your company or even in the local community and construction, what would you tell them to go do? Something they could do quickly. What would you tell them to go do so that they could actually make an impact here? I'll reach out to the local NAWIC chapter and start the conversations with those women that are local. Got it. So partner with NAWIC, get to know your NAWIC chapter. You got chapters all over the place, right? 
Yeah, we have like 117 chapters across the country in almost every state, and we're chartering more. We've already chartered two this year. We got two more that'll probably, at least two more that will go this year yet. So okay, it's very exciting. And if, if they're not sure what their local chapter is, they can always go to our website and we can help you find your local chapter. And I know the women across the country, they are always very excited to talk to anybody about encouraging women to get into the industry. So that's fantastic. And what would you say are the two or three industries that really need to hear that? Like you see women starting to get involved in the industry. You see them advancing through the industry. Like who are the people that you need to, we really need to reach? You already said electricians. I would put that as one because women can get into places sometimes, right? What are some other industries that really need to hear that message? Get in front of your local Namewick chapter. Plumbing pipe fitters is another one that women are attracted to. And believe it or not, iron workers, welding, that's another that have women, higher percentage of women working in the field. So those would be my other two. Well, between Jeremy and I, we know a few iron workers out there. So definitely seeing, they also have the way that I've seen a lot of great iron workers, welders, they they have a set of skills for precision that really is very impressive. So definitely, definitely seeing that. Cool. And give us your website so that people can go learn more about you. It's www.nawick, that's N-A-W-I-C.org. And we were talking earlier, lots of great content, connections, really learn about the impact that women are having in the industry. And as someone who's always recruiting, we're always looking for how do we attract new people into the industry? It's no secret. Most of our field workers in construction are going to be aging out soon. There's a lot of older generations in the construction industry. And we really got to start attracting the the new, the younger generations in, or we're even going to have a more difficult time finding people. So I think the message here is don't discount women. They're good at this stuff and they can do amazing things for your company and your company culture. Definitely. Hey, Ann, thank you so much for being here. I've really enjoyed our conversation today given me a different perspective. And I've got some people that we're going to be calling on to say, hey, reach out to your local Nawick chapter because there are some opportunities there, especially to get more involved with women in construction. Yeah, that'd be great. And another way they can, they can companies can also sponsor events of Nawick chapters to get the word out about women in the industry as well. That would be another opportunity for companies to do. That's what are some of the events that you guys are doing? Our Camp Nawick that I mentioned earlier, it's usually a week long. Not all of our chapters do that, but some of our chapters do. And they're always looking for sponsors to get the materials for the young girls to work on. We also do programs. We have Legos competition for grade school. We have a build a shed program for junior high. And then we actually do design drafting for like high school and, and early college levels. So we're always looking for sponsorships for those programs for the students. Well, thank you so much, Anne. Really enjoyed it. And we'll get all that information in our show notes so that our listeners can learn about that. Thanks for being here. Great. Thank you. The Blue Collar Culture Podcast is sponsored by bluecollarculture.com. We help entrepreneurs create a healthy culture and build a self-managing business. To learn more, go to bluecollarculture.com.